thanks for watching or listening to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast, episode 106. Leave us a review on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. You know me, Steve Lillis. You know John Evans. We've got a bit of a good guest tonight. A decent fella he is, actually. Special guest, a friend. I don't we had him on for a while because he's too busy with David Avanesian and all sorts of other things. He was a he was a he was a, a top amateur, a top pro boxer, top manager, top trainer, top matchmaker, top fella, really. Carl Greaves. <laughs> Thanks How you for doing, coming lads? on. Good. I'm, I'm good, mate. And I'm, you're all right, yeah. John. And you're in the top there. I am, yeah. And don't forget, John Pegg described Carl as um. One of the five major figures in British boxing. The five, one of the five of power brokers. Box, power brokers. Yeah. Oh, fair play to you. I didn't know that. I didn't know <laughs> See, that. what? You look quite fresh, Summer, for someone who's been in the gym all day and who is on the go usually. Yeah. He was usually on his WhatsApp at half seven in the morning replying. I've, I've, tra- I've trained tonight as well. I joined in with the last the last circuit of the night. I joined in, so I'm a bit wet, to be honest. I had a chance to get a new fresh T-shirt on. I ain't been in long. Yeah, and before we get on with the pod, is it your 150th promotion coming up? Yeah, I've got uh, the 11th of uh, March in Leicester, got me uh, 149th, and then uh, the big 150th um, in Newark. So, yeah, Newark, 25th of March, so I'm over the moon. Like, it's been, uh, it's been a bit of a ups and downs, of uh, more ups and downs, to be honest. I've had um, some good shows. And it's remarkable how they've built up to 150. I mean, the first one was in 2007, October 2007. And then um, I was looking through a box rack. I did 16 in uh, 16 shows in 2016 in one year. Unbelievable. I'd never be able to do that now. I only did four last year. I mean, it's just getting harder and harder with the, yeah. with the matching. I mean, if it weren't for the matching, I'd promote every week. You know what I mean? But the matching is just making it taking the enjoyment away from it. It's just so tough now, as you know yourself, Steve, because you're doing a lot yourself now. Yeah, it's tough, but you know what? It is what it is. You just got to get on with it. And, uh, you know, what you do know is it's luckier for the guys that are selling the tickets because you can have a bit of a cushion with them and go overseas, can't you, for four and six rounds if they're selling bundles, if they're selling six grands of the tickets. You know, the pressure's off. Do you find that, Carl? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if they're doing a good ticket and we're struggling to match them, then uh, just bring a foreigner in, you know what I mean? But they're getting ridiculous prices yeah. now. They're wanting as much as English kids. And then you've got your flights, your hotels, your food, your foreign boxes fees, your transportation for, to and from the airport. You know what I mean? It just adds up to, like, stupid money, nearly double to what an English guy would cost. You know and besides I mean? that, you're also depending on a foreign commission now to send the right paperwork, yeah. whereas the, the matchmaker could do that before, get that and send it. Yeah, that's all changed. The board's tightened up there because I think they was getting a lot of dodgy paperwork, on not they? A lot yeah. of false paperwork from uh, some matchmakers just making it up and uh, the board's clamped down, which, listen, it's a good thing, but obviously it's a lot tougher now because it's got to come from their governing body to the boxing right. board of control direct. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we'll get on with a podcast and round one, someone John's going to talk about, someone who won't have any trouble getting into the country to fight. And then the three times he's been here so far, everyone's loved him. Mauricio Lara, John, what is it you want to talk about? Yeah, how good is he? Because I still can't work it out. Um, He's crude, isn't he? He's wild. You can hurt him with body shots. It always looks like he's on the verge of having his heart broken, you know, because things are going against him. He's complaining about rough treatment. 
and fouls and he's whinging to the ref. But every shot he lands just seems to take a chunk out of the other person. So it can be going terribly wrong for him. He can be losing round after round. But he's still chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And he's got that power to turn a, a fight in one shot, as we saw with Lee Wood on Saturday night. But I still can't get a grasp on how good he is. He, he looks like the type of fighter who someone could 120-108 at some point in the future. You just completely neutralise him. But what, what do you both think? He's he's tremendously dangerous and heavy-handed, but how good is he? Yeah. It's just that power, in it? He's got that knockout punch, you know what I mean, with both fans. And he can, like you say, he can be losing, he can be losing 11, 11 rounds and come round and knock him out in the last round. He's got that much power. But like you say, he's crude. He's not very great to watch. You know what I mean? He can be out of box, but he's very, very dangerous. And uh, you know you've got that power to get you out of trouble any time. It's, it's a bonus, isn't it? You know what? You say he might not be great to watch, but I love that theatre around him. He's been here three times now. Something's happened in every fight that has got you talking. Um, he's theatre. People, you know, he's now ado not adopted in this country. Everybody knows who he is. I saw Eddie talking of a possible defence in America. That's nonsense. He belongs here now. I love watching him because you look at the fifth round the other night. He was feeling sorry for himself. Yeah. Yeah, he's feeling sorry for, but in that round, and I'd have to watch the fight again. Um, in the round where he won, I thought there was something about Lee Wood's demeanor where he, he wasn't comfortable suddenly in that seventh round. I mean, no one seems to agree with me, but about a minute before it, a minute and a half before the ending, I thought suddenly that it looks like this fight can turn. I, I would yeah. watch him, you know, the, the sequence where it finished. Wood was backing away, and you could sit, you could almost see him thinking, shall I throw a left duck? And it took him a split second to get himself in position, plant his feet and wind it up. And Lara just recognised it and beat him to the shot, didn't he? But um, I, I thought Wood was really good for a few rounds. You know, He, he was, he very good. Yeah, he very did what good. he had to do. He did what you got to do to beat Lara. That right hand's beautiful, isn't it, when it comes out? But yeah, that, that was just... Lee Wood, can punch you. Lee Wood can punch as well in the air, Laura, a few times, you know what I mean? Yeah. But whoever the storm and light, Steve said he did feel sorry for himself a few times, Laura, but he come back and what a shot right on the... The thing is, I mean, I messaged Lee today, actually. We had a bit of a message on WhatsApp and uh, Sastamaria was and all that. And I just... He says, yeah, he said, I just made a mistake. I said, listen, I look, look back at it. And your right hand was nice and tight, you know what I mean? He was going to catch, he was going to catch the left hook, but what he did was he went straight through the, the front of it, just clipped your chin, you know what I mean? Exactly the same shot point where um, Crawford did David Avenition, you know what I mean? David's hand was up, but he just hit him right on that point of the chin. It was unbelievable, you know what I mean? Yeah. So whether it was the shot from the gods and even, you know what I mean? But just one of them shots that hit him bang in the right spot. Yeah, round two, this is one I want to bring Carl in. Before we started recording, we were talking about matchmaking. Carl, where do you think all the British opponents have gone for TV shows, the good Brits who could prop up TC shows? You know, uh, the matchroom show the weekend, you know, Billy Allington was in on the B-side against um, Dalton Smith. Sam Maxwell's opponent was um, Sean Cooper, and that was on about four o'clock. There was no other Brits on there. The Bok, the I think the BT bill on Friday, Serge Ambomo was the only Brit. The boxer bill last week, there was Brad Pauls and Tyler Denny, and I think 
um, and East Hedge and the heavyweight Armstrong. There was no British boxers on the bill. Where, where, why do you think that is, Carl? Because I know you was working on TV shows yeah. until recently, you know, heavily involved. Can you give us some insight into that? Yeah, I just find that unless they're at championship level, you know what I mean? A lot, many of them are willing to take the chance. You know what I mean? It's very, very difficult making a, a small old fight, a boxer, a live fight on TV, unless it's a unless it's a worthwhile fight. You know what I mean? It's just so difficult. And uh, I was finding it tough to get British opponents on them Sky shows because they just wouldn't take the chance. Um, and then if a decent opponent would take the chance, the own fire wouldn't accept it. You know what I mean? It's just uh, springs and roundabouts, really. But you find unless it goes to purse bids or a, an ordered fight, it's very difficult to get a British fighter to take these fights now. And all the ones that seem to be the decent fights on Sky, the ones that's been ordered by the board and ready-made fights. But other than that, it's, um, it's very hard and there's not very many journeymen around now. And if there is, TV don't really want them. They want live fights. But it's just difficult making them. Yeah, but there are kids who are 10, 11 and 0 who just seem content to get to 16, 17, 0 on the small all circuit where there's pressure on them, doesn't there? Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a fighter called Stanley Stanard. I know him, already. Stanley, yeah. Good fighter. You know, 10 and 0. And I couldn't get him, I could not get him a worthwhile fight on my shows. Every, it was either somebody I know he'd beat. I could never get him a 50-50. So I just put his name forward to the board. Um, or just put him forward for the English... Uh, Super Wildweight title, and the board uh, put him out as an eliminator against Lee Cutler. I think the fight's worth more than a normal eliminator, but that's another one. That's Sky's going to take that. So happy days, you know what I mean? I mean that's a live fight, and because it's been ordered, it's one that's got to happen unless you pull out, and and obviously Sky like it, and they're going to take it. Uh, John, as someone, as you, you watch a lot of boxing from ringside, you go to a hell of a lot of shows, it, any show in the North, you're at, you watch lots on telly. Putting your, your, taking away being a journalist as a moment, John, as a fan, do you get frustrated seeing a procession of Argentinians and foreigners? Yeah, your heart sinks a bit when, I know, no offence to you two, because you've got to dig them up, but when you see a load of Nicaraguans on my bill, it's, you know it's not going to be a good night, don't you? We had a... Um, I was at a show on Saturday night and Black Flash seemed to be using more British opponents. We got a real good one, George Rogers. No, no, Someone George. I was pretty yeah. impressed by. He, he looked like a bit of an handful for people, an awkward handful. And the guy, Tap Fuma. Yeah, he tough. Looks like, well, he can fight Tap Fuma. I, th I think he's like in the Jordan Granham mould. But there's two. But uh, it, it always seems to be have a bit more of an edge to it and a bit more desire on both parts when it's a British opponent in. I'll tell yeah, you what, that, George, George, George Rogers, I love getting a plug on any podcast, mate. He's boxing <laughs> mad, isn't he, George? He's, all, he's, he's awkward, isn't he? He's, he's a, got he's a, a poor record, test. though, hasn't he? Yeah. He's got a poor record, but when he fancies it, he'll have a go. And I, it's the same with a lot of these, these journeyman-type kids. I mean, if they fancy, if they know the win's there, they're going to take it. You know what I mean? If they know it's going to be an hard night, they'll just tuck up and get through it, ready for the next one, but... They fancy the job and the kid's not up to much, they'll go and take him out, you know what I well, mean? And this is what's happening. George got a draw on Saturday with that Berto Kumi, who can, who can fight. Yeah, you said that, so you texted me beforehand telling me that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, George messed him around and boxed well and could have pinched it, yeah. But it, it's so much better 
it is so much better when a when it's a Brit rather than a, a Nicaraguan or a Spaniard or something like that. Yeah. yeah. John, um, you touched round three. You touched on Black Flash's show, and you you want to talk about some of the hidden gems in boxing and one you saw the other night. Yeah, Carl will be Carl will be good on this. There's um, I think he's Dutch, but I actually think he's Armenian. Carl, um, right. refugee who's come over. Artem Kasparian, he was called. Right. Um, boxed Daryl Sharp. They give him six rounds. And you know when you can just tell someone's a good fighter and everyone stops what they're doing and looks? And Artem Kasparian can really, really fight. Um, there's a Filipino guy we're trying to get back over. He's been over in Britain before. Mike Romarate. He's back. If he's coming Bill. back or he's back. He's going to get his licence now. He's had a fight. Yeah, he spends a lot of time in Manchester. Again, he can really, really fight. And these hidden gems that crop up now and then in British gyms, don't they? And Carl's the yeah. expert here because he's got David Avenesian, who came over, had that make-or-break night at the Titanic in Liverpool, didn't he, where they matched him to see how he'd fight and he beat up Dean yeah. Byrne. But what is it about these guys, Carl? Why do you think... What's the hunger in them? What drives them? What makes them so good? Yeah, it's funny you saying that because David's often said to me, they said... These English guys just haven't seemed to don't, don't seem hungry enough. He knows that they've uh, been given everything. They've not had to fight hard for what they've got. A lot of them, you know what I mean. They've never had the upbringing that David's had. I mean, David's had it tough back home. Never had a lot. He fights for his family and his people in Armenia. You know what I mean? He's a he's an hungry fighter and he just wants it more than others. I can just see his work ethic in the gym and it's just like that never say die attitude and he just wants it. He's just so hungry, such an hungry fighter. And it's crazy really, because he always says to me, he feels like, it feels like English fighters are spoiled. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not hungry enough. And, and uh, I always see, I've never seen anyone with work ethic and how hard he trains. And I mean, you get kids that train hard, but he's just like another level from what I've been used to. Yeah. You have to ask him, Carl, about this Artem Kasparian. Yeah, and, you know he, he boxed in the Olympic qualifiers. He's he's good. He's come over. How's he, he ended up over here then? Apparently, he was just sending promoters messages. Mm. Put me on, put me on. He he he, had, he texts Pat, and Pat will always take a risk, won't he? Yeah. And mm. Pat, Pat had him on, and you know officials and people at ringside were watching, all looking at each other, saying, "You know this guy's an handful, really good." Yeah, no one's I, gonna I, volunteer to fight him. I did. I did click on his box rec actually when I saw he was fighting Daryl Sharp because I got Daryl booked. And a four, he looks, was he four and with four knockouts, was it? Yeah, Daryl had yeah. it. That must be Daryl's hardest night. Yeah. But Daryl's oh. like fighting weird weights, and he one minute he's yeah. like a light heavy, then he's a cruiser, and he's crazy, really, but he's a tough lad, isn't he? Oh. Very tough. That's Macaulay McGowan, actually, last week as well, didn't he? So he's <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that when I saw yeah, like <laughs> When I saw he boxed him. What? What was the weight difference there? But he boxed heavy, didn't he, McCauley? Yeah, he looks yeah, he heavy. He went at the weigh-in, yeah. Yeah. Right, round Very four, easy. I just want to talk about um, Manny Pacquiao. There's a growing, growing, almost campaign from certain people, it seems, around him in his team that telling us how, how Manny Pacquiao is going to make a comeback. I find it quite sad, tragic, 44, 72 fights the CV he's got that he's considering this comeback. But you know what? When he, Even when he was in his pomp, if there was one fighter who wouldn't surprise me coming back at a mad age, it was Pacquiao. Because there's always been such an entourage around him. There were, I don't, I've never felt there was anyone truly around him 
that had love for him apart from his family. And I just thought it was always the fighter that would end up making a tragic comeback. And it seems we're on the brink of that now with talk of, I don't know, all sorts of names coming up. And I just find it quite sad that the people, there's people that have lived off him for many years that no one, it, it seems looking at it from the outside, looking in, that no one's trying to put a stop to this. Yeah. I see it was, was it, is it Conor Ben that's talking about fighting yeah, him? Sick. Eddie Hearns, I've seen Eddie Hearns put Conor Ben. He's trying to make that fight with Conor. What a stupid fight, you know? I mean, that's not going to give Conor no respect. Just fighting an old man, isn't it? You know what I mean? Again, another old man. You know what I mean? Where's what's he doing? I mean, what's he trying to make that fight for? I mean, man is way past his best. Like you say, he's forty-four. He should never be coming back. It's wrong, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's terrible. And just branching off on the subject a little bit. Where's the punishment for people who fail drugs tests then? You know, you fail yeah. two drugs tests, you get your licence, took off you, and they put you on against Manny Pacquiao in the Middle East for millions of quid. Where's the... There's no punishment, no. is there? No well, it is no, what it is. Uh, that, 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 that is it. And you know what? And you call me the cynic. You're going off topic from Manny. I think we all agree what we think of that. It's almost like... I'm, I'm, I'm being cynical here. You know, it was well reported the WBC were going to slip Connor back in the rankings. And I'm sure it's just cosmetic that they're leaving it for a month or two. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, fair play to the Boxing Board of Control, the British Boxing Board of Control, because, I mean, they're sticking by the guns, aren't they? They're not going yeah. to, what they said, they're not going to license him, not going to sanction him to fight in Britain, even on a foreign license, which, which is right. I mean, if he doesn't get his license abroad, He's still got to get permission to box in England and not in Britain. And obviously, Robert's sticking to his guns. Fair play to him. Yeah. And you... The radamin the is there, is clean, aren't they? I mean, they're adamant. But where's the evidence and the proof? Where's the we proof, need to... yeah. You know, and I think someone said in this pod the other week, if you haven't taken anything, you'll never be positive. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I said, Carl, it, it's amazing, isn't it? How no one ever fails for a performance-reducing drug. Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, are, we, are we up there? I think we're at three yeah. minutes there. Um, round five rematch clauses, John. Yeah, rematch clauses are killing the sport, aren't they? It's one, you know, one after another. They grind the sport to a complete halt. I don't think there's really any need for a rematch of Wood and Lara. You know, Lara came over, ripped the world title off a champion with a seventh round knockout. Why do you need a rematch? to get himself back in position to fight for it. And yeah. the, you just seen the same names being recycled and recycled. I'd love to yeah. see Lara against Lopez, who beat Josh Warrington. That's a yeah. great fight. Yeah. Get Josh yeah. against Wood in an eliminator or Josh yeah, against that, Conlon in an what, eliminator. That's what we Fixed want, up. yeah. We need... We need Wood and Warrington, don't we? That's a fight, isn't it? That's a fight. We all want to see that. Two big football backgrounds, Leeds and Forest, you know what I mean? It'll be massive, absolutely massive. But, see, these rematch clauses, the reason they can happen is because if you're a champion and giving someone a voluntary, then obviously they'll have it in black and white in the rematch clause that you're giving them the opportunity. So, obviously, this is the reason why these rematch clauses. But sometimes... If you've got mandatories a bit around you and your next fight is a mandatory, then the the governing body should clamp down and say, listen, you're not having a rematch clause because you've got to fight this guy. You know what I mean? And this is sometimes it does happen. Um, but if you obviously if you're a mandatory, they can't you can't you don't have to give them a, a rematch clause, you know what I mean? But 
voluntary. Sometimes that's the deal they do just to get the fight, but it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. And like you say, it's not it's not right. I mean, it's you don't need them all the time. Um, and I think I think Wood should fight Warrington. That's a good fight, you know. What I yeah. mean, very good. But it, it, they slow things up. It just it just bring brings things to a halt. Like what happens now if um, Lee Wood says. I'm I'm putting the rematch clause in immediately. Where that we you know Josh Warrington's going to have to find something else, which he could do. And then yeah. you know there was another bit I was reading from Eddie today, and he was saying, well, hopefully you know Wood might take a delayed break now, and then Lara can fight Warrington, and then the winner can fight Wood. You know that it mm-hmm. just stops any chance of unification. And if 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 Josh Warrington did go and beat Lara. He's looking for a fight in America. So that's going to be another yeah. year while they get him and Lee Wood together. I think they just slow up the division. I'm not a, a fan of what, them. What's to say Lara don't put a rematch clause in? That's right. You know, it's just yeah. mad. It's and, uh, <laughs> and then it just slows up. It just slows up the, the division. And uh, we're not going to, you know, these univocations you want to see, like the fight you meant Lopez and um, Lara, that's as far away. As yeah. I am from Carwin Newark to Manchester here. You know, this is a reason a lot of people don't go down there. If you notice a lot of these TV promoters, they, they don't really look at the British title no more because obviously when you get, you get like mandatory slapped on you and they don't want them. You know what I mean? This is the trouble you've got. I mean, these, these governing bodies, I mean, Laura's just won a vacant, won a title. He should be fighting a mandatory now. He's been given the yeah. opportunity to fight for a world title. He should be fighting a mandatory now. You know what I mean? Um, all these rematch clauses and voluntaries, where's the mandatories in place nowadays? Yeah. And, and if a rematch is close enough, if it, or sorry, not a rematch, a world title fight is a thriller, the fact, you know, the public will demand the rematch and, and get it. Yeah. I mean, look at look at some of the ones you can just look in the past, like um, ones that didn't have rematches. Can you imagine Robin Reed and Joel Calzaghe now? But yeah. imagine the screen oh, up after that yeah, fight. Seri- yeah, they'd be building up to a rematch already, wouldn't they? You know, but nowadays, if it's remotely close, if a British fighter loses by like fifteen twelve or sixteen twelve, there's a campaign for a rematch before they've even got out the ring. It's all a bit boring, to be honest. Let's get some new names, give some more new people opportunities to fight for titles. We've earned a mandatory spot. Give them a chance. And you might get more stars. And the the sport needs stars, don't we? Yeah, That's it, definitely. Right, we've got over there. We'll have a quick final round there. Um, What is your interest? Just want to see what your interest is uh, in Jake Paul, Tommy Fury this weekend. Um, I'll tell you mine. I'm not going to pay for it. If I can find a stream of it, I'll watch it. But I'll still be fascinated to find out the result on whenever after it's over. But um, it's not something I'll pay for. But you know what? I don't begrudge what they're doing, these two. Don't take it too seriously. And I hope they make a fortune. Good luck to them. Carl? Yeah, it's similar to me, really. I'm intrigued. I'd like to know the result and that. But I'm not going to go and pay for it. I mean, my lad, my lad, when Jay Paul comes on the adverts, when the fight comes on the advert on BT Sport, he's like, he's like glued to it, watching it, because he knows Jay Paul. You know what I mean? He's a YouTuber and all that. And my lad's only nine. And obviously, Tommy Fury. And it's crazy, really. It's like the younger generation are fascinated by it. But obviously, we're old school. You know what I mean? We're intrigued. We'd like to see the result and probably like to catch a glimpse of it. But... 
I ain't going to go out of my way and, and pay for it. I mean, he's saying that. <laughs> if my lad's asking to put it on, yeah. I might as well pay for it, you know <laughs> what I mean? Well, you're, well, you're buying it because you, you adore your little boy. And if your little boy is sitting up and he wants to watch it, you're going to buy it. So know, I'm putting yeah. you down as a yes card. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here, actually. I'm in Malta. Craig Darvish is fine for the Commonwealth. So oh, good fight, that down, as well. Down yeah. to my it's down to my missus because I'm away Thursday till Sunday. <laughs> but it's Sunday night, isn't it, the fight? Oh, yeah, it's Sunday, 6 yeah, so I might be back. Yeah, I might be back. I might be back at 3 o'clock. So, yeah, I might be back. Your little boy well, wouldn't have seen this for three days. You're buying to watch that. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> You're going to have a choice of paying 20 quid to watch Jake Paul and Tommy Fury or watch United lifting a trophy. So, <laughs> I think... <laughs> But no, I, I I would never pay for it in a million years, but I can't wait to. <laughs> I'll find a way to watch it. I can't wait to. Yeah. Any mad out of boxing world's gone, though. I can't oh. believe how it's changed. Yeah, well, really you know what? I'm laughing about it, and it's just my, my, I don't know, maybe I've got a bit of a, a alternative sense of humour. I'm loving the fight happening even more because I go on social media and I see all the fucking mock outrage of people pissing yeah. glass over it. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Is that still happening? Uh, Mayweather and your man there from Geordie Shaw. I have no idea. Now. I don't know. I, saw I, seen on a, I was looking at, you know, when someone puts up the, a photograph of the ticket sales? Yeah. I, I saw one today and all they've got open is the bottom tier and 95% yeah. of the tickets are unsold. So they've sold wow. 5% of the tickets for the bottom tier. Wow. And that's not a big venue, the Indigo. Is that all it is, the Indigo? Or is it the O2? Is it the arena or the yeah, Indigo? Yeah, the Indigo or the O2. Is that it where was, it's at? It was the bottom tier of the O2. But oh, 95, oh, 95% the of the tickets are unsold. Well, you better, right? If wow. that's all they sold, they might as well move it to Indigo. Magic yeah. Floyd Mayweather at the Indigo. <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> Floyd Floyd at the Indigo on the stage. stage and Tommy Fury and Tommy Fury getting millions and millions of pounds for fighting Jake Paul. It's gone on its ass, hasn't it? Yeah. What about what, Carl, what about Carl Frotch? Yeah. Uh, what's <laughs> him and Jake Paul's got a spat, haven't they? But you know what? If the, there, if the money was right, Carl would do it. I'm telling you. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. Carl, Carl, Carl would not. Carl. Carl would take no prisoners, would he? No, no. no. <laughs> I'd love no. to see that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, fellas, that wraps it up for this week. Carl, thanks for coming on. John, yeah, thanks as always. And thank everyone for listening. Yeah, top man. Thanks yeah. a lot. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.